1: This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader,
2: 630 Chad. All right, happy Friday. Maybe you're on your way to Shania. What time is Shania? I don't even know, Kellen. Wasn't it 7? Is it 7? There's probably an opening act, though. Well, there's no way to find out. (laughs) Uh, What are we doing here? 8.26 left in the first, no score, Devils and Hurricanes, Blue Jays and Pirates, Blue Jays up 4-0 after 7. Oh, Coach of the Year finalists announced in the NHL, Jack Adams Award. Jim Montgomery of the Boston Bruins was pretty sure about him. They uh, won 65 games and had 135 points. These are obviously picked before the playoffs. Dave Haxtell from the Kraken got to 100 points, first time ever in the playoffs. And Lindy Ruff of the New Jersey Devils, 112 points. Uh, they wanted him fired in the what the fifth period of the season. Ken Danico and I were talking about that a couple of days ago. And uh, the Devils with a 49-point improvement, the largest ever since the league went to 82 games in 95, 96. Can't argue with any of those finalists. I know sometimes Rob and I would talk about this. Uh, If I I were picking three, I might have been inclined to put McClellan in there. Thought he did a good job. I do think Woodcroft is going to probably be a, I don't know how high he'll be. I think Woody will probably have done okay in the votes, but uh, obviously didn't get into the top three here. Those are your finalists there for Coach of the Year. Oilers, Golden Knights. It's an actual like early game tomorrow. None of this seven fifty, eight twenty stuff. Here on six thirty, shed. The face-off show is at three, and the game will start just after five. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the certainty hotline. We have uh, some new messages, and we're catching up on some ones we didn't get to yesterday. Obviously, a lot of people talking about Oilers in the playoffs. Kellen, give me a couple here before I get to mine.
1: For sure. Uh, retired banker texts in and says, "My concerns revolve around goaltending. Campbell should start. If you win, you stay in, and if you lose, you rotate him. Similar to what Florida did. Played a hot man and." S- And Skinner, far from hot. That's from the retired banker. Yeah,
2: I mean, goaltending's huge. We all know that. Um, You know, I've I've said this several times, and we've had some people on the show talking about it. I certainly get the sense Skinner is not as sharp as he was during the regular season. Maybe not quite at that level. Now, he's facing pretty good competition night after night. Uh, I still think that... You know, Brassois has been a career backup, and I know he's done well this year, but as we had a a texter allude to in the the last half hour too, I think the Oilers got to keep firing away. Skinner's going to play tomorrow. If the Oilers lose that game, then I think anything goes for game three, especially if it's a another night where he's got, you know, an 870 or 850 save percentage or something like that. No, that's a fair concern. You know, I, and when I got that before the playoffs and, and I said I thought Skinner was going to be fine. Um, I guess I'm not really right at this moment. I, I still think he's got a lot of, mental strength and that he has the physical tools to be a, a good goaltender but yeah like I, I think he would be in one, one of those groups of Oilers where you wouldn't necessarily say well it's it's awful but you're saying okay if they're going to win the cup he's going to have to elevate at least a bit. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Uh, Coach Dad Texts in and he's says, a coach and a dad. Or maybe he coaches dads. Uh, well, it's it's coach dad. So it's all one word. It's coach oh, dad. Oh, it's so. well, all one word. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, he says, I wish Connor would stop trying to throw big hits. His back doesn't seem 100% right now.
2: Ah, uh, I think he's got a hit. I think that everybody's got a hit in the playoffs. I uh, To me, the storyline with McDavid is what Gazdick talked about yesterday. How is McDavid more dangerous off the rush? and the way luke broke it down was that vegas wasn't doing much to contest his speed in the neutral zone they were sort of gathering so when he crossed the blue line they almost had a box around him with the two defensemen and two backchecking forwards and they are saying, okay, we'll let you get into the zone, but then once you're in, we're going to try to seal you off so you can't bust through the middle and, and you can't go wide, and if you try to circle back, there are some sticks bugging you
1: there as well. All right. West End Ron text again. Oh,
2: West End Ron. How's he, is he the guy that likes the 49ers?
1: Uh, yes. Yes, he's it, one of the 49ers fans it, we have out there. I can tell because he mentions them in this tweet. Here oh, it goes. are you uh, serious? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Reed, this is the year my Oilers 49ers next playoffs and Jays w- and all win the titles. And double E, not so much. Go Oilers. West End Ron. So okay. there we go. Uh,
2: well, the Niners, uh, who's, are they, who's their
1: quarterback? Well, oh,
2: they'll get Lance back. Yeah. But because the, they had that, who was the guy they had that was Mr. Irrelevant in the draft? And oh, then those. they ran out of quarterbacks in the last game of the season. They did, yeah. I but, can't remember the young man's name.
1: But they went on a run, too, during the, the, the playoffs as well. Like yeah, they well, looked, they're
2: they're, they're, That's a good organization. I mean, they've been in the mix for, for several years now. Um, but yeah, Blue Jays are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the Elks, I hope the Elks can make the playoffs, you know, if they can get third in the division. I think a great cup still might be a long shot given where mm-hmm. they are at and we, where they have been. I'll just hit you with one of mine here, Kellen, before sure. we go back to your uh, your collection. Sounds good. Uh, Roger says, uh, sadly, I think the Oilers are deeper than they've been in ages, but still not deep enough. Vegas forwards like Stevenson, Amadio, and Stone are better than their counterparts like McLeod, Fogel, and Nuge. Roger goes on to say, I predict the Oilers will win tomorrow and it will be a long series, but the knights will be just a bit better in the end. So yeah, I guess kind of the theme of what we've been talking about. Vegas' top nine is pretty good. Can can the Oilers match that one through nine? Um, but Roger still thinks it'll be a long series. All right. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three
1: mm-hmm uh ricordo texts in and says reed i have the oilers winning in game six and i see nothing to have me change my mind let's go oilers so point counterpoint well well <laughs>
2: and that's the thing right i mean what's the what was the stat from the first round the teams that lost the first game won six of the eight series
1: yes yeah
2: so of course it's not over but that but that's the beauty and the drama of playoff hockey once one team wins a game it starts to think Oh well, what if they do that again? You know, what if, what if that wasn't a one-off? What if Vegas can really take it to the Orders for extended stretches like they did in the first period, right? And they keep building up leads, and Edmonton's fighting back and fighting back. You know, so yeah, I uh, that that's where the one side of it comes from, and I and I think that was Ricardo. You said they wrote that in,
1: yeah, exactly. You
2: know, he's thinking kind of more what I'm thinking. All right, I've seen the orders play at a pretty consistent high level for a couple of months, really, and probably even longer than that, to be fair. I don't think it was just the Ekholm trade that kicked them up. I think they were doing a lot of good things before that. So I think the Oilers, now, yes, Vegas did a lot of good things, and Vegas, to some extent, stopped the Oilers from doing some of the things they wanted to do, but I also think the Oilers' performance was not up to potential because I think there were some unforced and correctable errors that usually the Oilers aren't going to have in their game and i expect them to be fixed tomorrow quite frankly and if they if you don't fix it you don't deserve to win the series
1: Mm -hmm. and also what was the just the the wild luck the road team has had this year in in playoffs like i think the road team i didn't didn't update
2: it after the last game but it was something like a 635 winning percentage in the first round yeah
1: Exactly. And Oilers are the road team tomorrow, so there we go. Uh we got Al also texting in and says, Hey Reed, I will disagree with you when you said if the Oilers won game one, it would have been theft, according to Money Puck, which takes all the on ice analytics into consideration. If this game is played one hundred times, the Oilers win fifty four percent. Second, Vegas only had seven high danger chances. They scored on five. Oilers had eight, playing the way they did. Take Vinny out of the lineup and the Oilers win that game. That is from Al.
2: Yeah. Okay. Though,
1: that's that's. I, I
2: guess I would say to that, Al. First of all, that's a great point. I mean, fair enough. Um, I guess I would say to that, how much of that was score effects, though, that the Oilers had to open it up and crank it up a little bit because they were down. I mean, they were down two goals most of the game, three-one and five-three. But I do get his point, and that's the thing. It, it, it was a pretty close game. You know, as much as we're bemoaning an Oilers loss and five goals against. You know, it's not like Vegas took everything away from the orders. They couldn't stop the power play. They couldn't stop Dreisaitl. Other guys did have chances. I mean, McDavid had a great chance, uh, I think, when it was still 3-3. Nurse walked in on a two-on-one, had a great chance to tie it with about six minutes left. So, yeah, there were opportunities there. Yeah, I mean, it's close, right? I, I think Vegas just, I think Vegas finished a little better and, and their mistakes weren't as costly as the Oilers' mistakes. Warren says, Reed, Jay Woodcroft is facing his biggest challenge as Oilers head coach. He didn't prepare his team specifically for the Knights while Cassidy had a plan to slow McDavid down. Can Woody adapt before the series is lost? I have faith in his future as the Oilers' coach, but I fear Cassidy's experience will shine through this season. So Warren says, well, Warren's both complimenting Woody but saying he's not going to be good enough this year. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the the punch, counterpunch we talk about applies to the coaches as well. I think the Knights clearly executed their game plan better than edmonton edmonton didn't really start doing what they needed to do until probably halfway through the game uh kellen if you got a couple more we can get them in before we go to sure, break.
1: sure a couple quick hitters here i got an unknown text that says it takes a team to make a team everyone counts with free thumbs up emojis at the end so
2: okay fair that's go. like you
1: and me we're, the, we're
2: three thumbs up that make the inside sports team
1: yes and happy we have four thumbs total <laughs> definitely well yeah i yes i both Kelly's <laughs> speechless I, as usual I, i'm flabbergasted i forgot how many thumbs i have oh yeah two there we go uh <laughs> there, there
2: is, should be one on each hand <laughs>
1: yeah yes exactly uh norman a combine texting in and says hey reed connor is correct keep the puck in their zone best place for it go oilers that is from norm in a combine
2: all right always love to hear from norman a combine. i don't think we've heard from matt in the culvert tonight hope maybe he's going to shania in the culvert all right. 7804960063. We will weave in more of your feedback as we move along tonight. We'll go to Vegas and check in with Tony Brar when we get back.
0: A banquet bar, hosts an atmosphere unlike any other. The finest food and drink and games galore. All the offerings to make you the forever apple of your mama's eye. This Mother's Day, treat that saintly soul to free brunch and the full banquet experience. A special limited menu with something delicious for everyone to indulge. I know I act tough and dang, buddy, I am. But when it comes to my mama, I'm as soft as a velvet cloud. Get real, play hard and treat your mama right at the banquet bar. This is Tracy Gray broadcasting live with 630 Ched at the Mighty Millions Lottery show home and I am just about done for the day. I'm wrapped up at 7 o'clock tonight. The show home is open for just a little over an hour still. You can come and see it all the way up until 8 o'clock tonight and then just a few hours remain for your chance to get your ticket for the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation Mighty Millions Lottery. Hundreds of prizes up for grabs. The grand prize comes with 100 Hundred thousand dollars cash, a 2023 Maserati to drive around town, and a beautiful luxury show home with all the bells and whistles. It's worth two point seven million dollars, and somebody's going to win it. Why not you? Just imagine what it would be like to live mortgage and rent free, plus be handed a hundred thousand dollars cash. Incredible! Their 50/50 add on is also over one point five million dollars. So what are you waiting for? Just a few hours remain. Get your ticket now and go to MightyMillionsLottery.com.
1: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to JamesHBrown.com.
2: All right, we'll go to Las Vegas. He's a reporter and host with Oilers Plus. Tony Brar is on the line. Tony, how are you doing, sir?
3: Mr. Reed Wilkins, I got to say, I absolutely love that tune. Way back in NHL 06 when Vincent LeCavalier was on the cover, I recall that song. What a beauty.
2: One of my favorite albums of all time, Songs for the Deaf by uh, Queens of the Stone Age. I I did not have that video game, Tony. I'm sorry.
3: Oh, man. NHL 06, uh, the only way you could score in that hockey game was... You get a breakaway, and then you slightly turn your uh, trigger stick to the right, and all, all of a sudden the goalie always falls for the fake. So an easy way to get uh, a goal in that game, but uh, lots of goals being scored in game one here. No, no, hang
2: on a sec. Was that one of the – because I know some of the NHL games are notorious for being hard to score. That was a, di- <laughs> that was a difficult one?
3: You know what? Uh, maybe it was uh, just – based on my lack of experience i wasn't maybe overly good but i've never been overly good at video games as much as i enjoy them but i just remember that I was a little cheat code on getting uh my own created player tony bra with the red visor you can customize your visors <laughs> back awesome. then the red tint. and uh yeah, red tint on my visor and that was the only way i scored any goal in that game so
2: all right well thanks for that uh, reference I-, I like that you're bringing that energy to the show for sure um let's just start with, with practice today. I, I mean, I briefly mentioned, obviously, Leon got clipped, I think, with a, with a puck and got some stitches. I don't know if you saw that, but just tell me what else was going on at practice today and anything you might have noticed.
3: Yeah, I actually kind of missed that. So um, it wasn't until I was uh, getting together with the media. Uh, so I definitely saw Dreisaitl out there. He's actually skating line with uh, McDavid and Kane. It looks like it's going to be the same makeup that we saw in that winning formula late, in the Kings series. So I saw Kane McDavid, Dreisaitl, obviously until he went off and then Brad Malone jumped on as a placeholder. Uh, Nugent Hopkins, Bukes, Ed Hyman, Fogel, McLeod, Ryan, obviously a good sign that DR10 is back on the ice. He practiced for the second straight day after missing game one with an illness. And then Kostin Yamamoto likely going to be forwards 10 and 11. Now, one thing to note that uh, Marcus Niemalainen was skating with the main group today. Uh, so there were eight defensemen on the ice. No sign of Mark as well, of course, uh, Suffering that scary injury in Game One, but uh, Jay Woodcroft said uh, no further updates, just day to day there. Uh, obviously, hoping uh, the best for Matthias Janmark, and then obviously uh, Skinner and Campbell on the ice with Calvin Pickard as well. So okay. that's all I got from the update uh, from the practice. So,
2: but no, but no. Somebody was asking about Holloway. No Holloway with the main group. He's still a black ace. Yeah. Okay.
3: No Holloway with the main group. Okay,
2: which is which is significant because that makes it continuing to be unlikely that uh he's gonna play long long time on the road here uh i mean for you obviously (laughs) kind of a like kind of a weird pace right because they went to la hoping to win they did you don't know when the series is going to start was it going to be tuesday thursday and then no it's wednesday friday oh no it's wednesday saturday tell me about um I'm curious from both perspectives, a team perspective and a Tony Barr perspective. Long time uh, on the road. I know you're a positive, active guy, but I wonder if it gets uh, a little uh, mentally draining after a while.
3: You know what? Uh, Let's start with the team perspective. Obviously, they wanted to close out that uh, game six in L.A. on Saturday night, and then they made the decision to stay in Santa Monica, so we actually changed hotels over in LA and they uh, got a couple of nice days on the beach and honestly I thought it was a good thing you're negating uh, six to seven hours of travel including bus times and also going home once you land in Edmonton and you're kind of utilizing that time to get some extra rest and also getting some team bonding time in as well I think that was very important but I think it was very apparent especially in the media availability with Connor McDavid today they just want to get going I mean including today Reed The Oilers have only played two games in the last 10 days. And you know, as much as I do, hockey players are creatures of habit. They want to get in a regular routine of playing hockey games. And beginning tomorrow, they'll be playing every second day. So uh, tomorrow will obviously close out nine straight days on the road, uh, many days in L.A., uh, lots of days this week in Vegas. And then they will be traveling after the game tomorrow, barring a late Hockey game, either two OT, maybe three OT. That's the only kind of stipulation I would see. The order staying in Vegas, but uh, after the game tomorrow, I'm sure it'll be a welcomed, um, a welcomed uh, notion of being back home. Um, obviously, for people with families, uh, that can't be easy. I don't have uh, a family or, or a children to take care of. Of course, I miss my parents, and I want to see them as soon as possible. But at the end of the day you got to enjoy the ride, right, Reed? I mean, how special is it with the energy that's going on around this team, the energy in oil country? Can't wait to go back. Just got to enjoy everything that kind of comes at you during the Stanley Cup playoffs.
2: All right. And I know there have been, and I played some clips, there's a lot of, well, we've been here before. Well, we know what to do. Uh, is that sort of the sense you're getting just with with the mood of the team the demeanor of uh, the team here down yet again one nothing in a best of well i guess it was best of five against chicago but down one nothing in a series
3: yeah i think this year more than ever read and you tell me if you feel the same way too but there's this sense of confidence quiet confidence about this team no matter what situation they're in they just have this natural belief in their ability i mean since January 11th to close out the regular season, the orders went 29-5-6. I mean, they suffered their first regulation loss a couple of days ago since March 11th in Toronto. I mean, this team, I think there's just a sense of confidence that no matter what is thrown at them, no matter how the game is going, no matter what the series is at, they're, they're going to bounce back. And I feel like that's been the feeling from this team over the last couple of days from their skates from their media availabilities uh, there's a true sense of uh, their own belief in themselves and the, what each other is capable of doing and i think we're going to see that in the early stages of game two read
2: okay well yeah it, it has kind of felt like we haven't played enough games lately so back into the rhythm of every second day all the uh even numbered days until may 16th right if the series goes that long so uh, i appreciate you checking in tony uh i always love talking to you it'll be good to uh, start seeing you around the rink again i guess either saturday or monday depending on what they decide to do with practice or a uh a pre skate really appreciate hey oh friday night in vegas man enjoy it you should you should go see the blue man group
3: I'm making the most of it. You know what? I know uh, I know there's a few com- uh, comedy shows happening tonight, so I might go try to uh, sneak out to one of those. Of course, doing all my pregame preparation the night before. But hey, shout out to my man Cam Moon. I know every time he's on the road, he likes to collect the the pens in each hotel room. I know that's a staple <laughs> of his segments. I gotta, I gotta say, the hotel we're staying at in Vegas doesn't even have a pen. It's oh. a pencil, so uh, I'm not school. sure if I'll be taking this one with me.
2: <laughs> All right, okay, Tony. We'll see you soon. Thanks for checking in. Hey, Reed, happy Friday. Enjoy game two tomorrow, pal. That is Tony Brar with Oilers Plus with the lowdown from Las Vegas where the Oilers play the Golden Knights tomorrow. We got more Oilers stuff. Uh, we got a little bit of football. Kentucky Derby tomorrow. We'll talk about that. That's all the next hour of Inside Sports on 630 Chen.